1: Lou, what is up my man mm. that's all i've got for you <laughs> that's all i've got for you that's all i've Look got at, sunday night we have less than five days until the free agency period where they can officially talk begins which you and i both know is bullshit but that's uh that's woge shams those guys time to shine uh, you know i don't i don't know about you my phone is just blown up with people sending ridiculous trade requests and ridiculous free agency signings all the time. Optimism's high. Yeah. Feeling pretty good. You know, I, I got myself a CPT3 jersey home you and away. Not, you did not. You did not. I'm not a Jersey guy, so you're correct. I did not. Um, what would you do? What would you do if I rolled up? I, uh,
2: if you did, I, I'd probably buy a, a Jordan Poole jersey, a little little rep, uh, little uh, classic uh, Warriors jersey. Look, man, I have day four of uh, CP3 on the Warriors. I've talked myself into it. I've talked myself into it. So we'll get a special guest on here to talk to us a little bit about that in the NBA draft. But I'm all in. Uh, you've got me, Sam. Actually, you didn't even fucking convince me. I convinced myself uh, this <laughs> week. I've been sober all weekend until, until today. And uh, just, I'm in. I'm in. I'm in. Chris Paul, Golden State Warriors. Let's do it.
1: Run it. You decided you decided I'm going to ignore all the things I hate about him and decide I love them and run with it.
2: It's like you're on a dating app, right? You see all the red flags on the first and second date. doesn't matter. Let's get in there. You know what I mean? Let's let's get in there. I'm 26 years old. What does it matter? I'm not trying to get married right now. Why not? Right. Right. That's how I feel about Chris Paul. You know, ho- hopefully, hopefully, Steph and might have stronger feelings than that about this. Yeah. But uh,
1: good for them. I don't, li- I don't like all the flopping, and then, and then by day three, you're like, yeah,
2: I'm uh, I'm into it. yeah I'm you like, know, you know, we're- <laughs> bonus. Warriors are in the bonus six minutes left in the quarter. Not bad. <laughs> yeah. All right, we got a special guest.
1: um, I want to get someone on to talk about the Warriors draft because let's be honest, we spent more time focused on free agency in the main roster. I'm not sure most of the fan base is particularly familiar with the college players. And my overwhelming take on the draft is they did something different than they've done the last few years. Uh, and someone I've been following and someone I really appreciate their analysis of um, Dean, Dean on the draft. I want to get him on here. Uh, you guys should follow him. You guys should check out his sub stack. I'm going to drop it in the chat right now, but Dean, how you doing, my man?
3: Hey, I'm good, Sam. Thanks for having me.
1: So my overwhelming thought in reading your analysis on the <laughs> draft is, um, you seem pretty high on Podzemski, and I, I hope I'm, pr- I'm getting so close to actually being able to, to pronounce it. it?
2: Nope.
1: Nope. <laughs> I don't, I don't know the answer. I'm just saying you're wrong. I, I, will believe,
2: it's, it. I believe
3: it's it's Pajemsky.
1: Pajemsky. Okay. I'm going to get it right by the end of summer league. If you hold me to that. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Uh, the overwhelming um, consensus on him among Warrior fans, like, who? Because, you know, they're, they're more focused on Steph Curry and whatnot. Um, but you were pretty high on the Warriors, and it seems like this is a different type of pick than the type they made the last few years. So can you kind of, like, walk me through who he is and why you actually like
3: him for the Warriors? Well, yeah. I mean, he's a different type of pick than any pick because – and especially the Warriors because you've been going for the Kamingas, the Wise men's. You know the rangy, jumpy guys who have, you know, a work in progress as basketball players. But but, but Jemski is kind of the opposite, where you know he's not that tall, he's not that athletic, he has short arms, he's kind of slow, but he just has ridiculous basketball IQ and feel for the game, and he's also a very good shooter. Um, but the main thing is is his feel, and also. There's just some unique points. Like he's a, a ridiculous rebounder for a guard. I, I can't even think of another guard prospect to rebound it's like he does. He plays super hard, he's super active. Even though he's not big, he's strong, he boxes out, he has good fundamentals, he loves diving on the floor. Um, he makes good decisions with the ball, he makes fast decisions with the ball. So we're kind of looking at a guy who doesn't have the best physical tools, but he has a
2: very unique
3: basketball IQ, and that's what makes him interesting.
2: Um, everything you described is definitely a white guy. Like, if you had did not tell me his name, I would definitely be like, okay, that, that's a white dude basketball player. Steve Kerr definitely likes him. Um, no, but seriously, so you're you're talking about he has ridiculous feel. Who, who does he remind you? Because if you're talking about someone with ridiculous feel in the past couple drafts, I immediately pause in my head, like I think of like Tyrese Halliburton, who I think of like he came in the league and he immediately seemed like he knew how to play NBA basketball. Who do you think of um Uh, of his comparison to someone that just knows how to play basketball right off the bat, which sounds like he he will know.
3: Yeah. I mean, Tyrese Halliburton, I think is kind of one of the more optimistic comps. Um, I I don't know if he's quite as fast as Halliburton where he can kind of get to his spots off the dribble. I don't know if he can be quite as good of a shooter, although he is a very good shooter and he has a chance of being that good. So yeah, Tyrese Halliburton's the kind of optimistic comp where he's a good passer. He makes good decisions. Um, And then if you wanted to be like, all right, let's, go to more realistic comps you could compare him to a Desmond Bain or an Austin Reeves just a guy who's just a super solid role player makes shots moves the ball isn't a black hole by any stretch and maybe even even, he's he's slow defensively and he's easy to beat but he's smart and he tries hard so he could be surprisingly good on that end or at least surprisingly wow
1: 8.8 rebounds um which in college for a guard I mean it's For a guard, that's ridiculous at any level, but in college with a slower pace in the WCC, that's incredibly impressive. Um, Do you worry about the fact that he essentially only played one year there? Like, that's always the hardest thing for me to comp out. You know, you, you see flashes, but like we're ultimately talking about, what, 30 games, right?
3: Um. Yeah. I mean, you got to worry a little bit. He he was on uh Illinois team last year. and He barely played. I mean, they had a lot of five year seniors, and he just wasn't one of uh, Brad Underwood's guys. So he couldn't get minutes there. So you got to wonder: was his defense behind the curve? Was he not making shots in practice? What was what was the problem? But at the same time, man, his year was so good. It was ridiculously good. Even if you, you know if you so if you compare him to somebody like Bain or Reeves. Like his sophomore year was about as good, or arguably, or arguably even better than their senior years. So even if he kind of comes back, stagnates, doesn't really improve, he's still a, a legitimate prospect. So it's it's a reason to be a little bit concerned. But at number nine at nineteen overall, it's, you know, you're happy to get somebody who could do that stuff.
1: What do you? I, so I'm actually kind of more interested in like the conceptual conversation with you on some level, like because I think the hardest thing to figure out is like which mid-major guys actually have a chance of translating uh, and which guys are going to be in Europe in two years. You know what I'm saying? So like, what do you look for when you're looking at a mid-major guy that actually gets you excited about the possibility that like, no, this is a, this is a Jalen Williams. This is a CJ McCollum. Obviously those are like high end. Like th- these are guys who for whatever reason fell through the craps late, late bloomer. Uh, but they are absolutely NBA players, even though they're playing at a a mid-major school.
3: Yeah, well, there's a few things. First of all, even though he did transfer to mid-major, he was originally a four-star recruit. He was a top 100, you know, four-star guy. So he's not like a random guy that the the top teams overlooked. He was in that recruiting mix, and he just couldn't get minutes as a freshman with like all the fifth-year seniors and stuff. And, you know, the other thing is, is his team performed well. Like they had Jalen Williams last year, and they lost Jalen Williams and one of Jalen Williams and two other good players. They lost Jalen Williams and one of their other good players, and they replaced him with uh, Przemysl, and they didn't even, they didn't miss a beat. They were pretty much the same thing. And other than that, it's it's a question mark because you don't know exactly how well he's going to create in the NBA. He's not. He, he has a little bit of shake. He has a little bit of post game. He has a nice floater, but he doesn't have a kind of go to scoring thing. So it's something you need to worry about. But at the end of the day, he obviously has a very high basketball IQ. And the one kind of consistent thing that I've noticed from just looking at a lot of drafts is basketball IQ just finds a way to surprise you. It just finds a way to succeed.
2: Um, So,
3: yeah,
2: so literally, that's why I'm jumping in right now, because this is perfect for me. Um, The Warriors drafted James Wiseman 2020. I assume you're not high on him. Because we're talking I remember. about I remember. I remember. Um, Warriors then drafted Jonathan Kaminga 2021. Um, doesn't seem like you're high on in him, too. Um, not a lot of basketball IQ. Uh, so you seem very happy about the Warriors draft. They drafted Trace Jackson Davis. They they bought into this, or they traded into the second round, I drafted an older guy who also seems like he has very bas- high basketball IQ. Um, where are you at with the Warriors and a- and just kind of the drafting process that they've done through the years, because it seems like they've said, "Yeah, we're just going to forget about drafting the freakish quote unquote freakish athletes. And we're just going to worry about the guys that can play basketball. So uh, what, what kind of, what are your kind of thoughts on that?
3: Well, yeah, I mean, it's definitely a positive trend,
2: um, you know, because these are not the typical like runny
3: jumpy guys. I mean, Trey Jackson Davis is a good athlete, but he still is, is kind of undersized for a center People are worried is, is he fast enough to defend the perimeter? But he was one of the best. Uh, he's he's an older player, but he was are like in the conversation for best college basketball player in the country this past year. So I'm not sure. Maybe maybe Dunleavy's an analytics guy. Maybe he's at least open to analytics, or maybe he just really believes in just watching guys and just believing that this guy has good fundamentals. He has good feel for the game. He makes good decisions, and yeah, he's a little bit physically deficient, but he has enough to work with. So. Um, I think it's definitely a promising sign because these guys were like two of the best value picks on my like by my ratings in the entire draft, and he got both of them.
2: Seems like seems like it was a very analytic draft, though. I'm gonna be honest. Like it felt like a very Memphis Grizzlies OKC type of like, hey, let's you know, as he nodding his head. It feels that way versus kind of what we've seen in the last few years. I mean, I will say I will say this.
1: Um even if you don't love um like everything coming down to the numbers and that way those organizations don't have misses they may not hit the home run but it's a lot of singles it's a lot of doubles it's a lot of like getting the ball in play like i mean what what players memphis drafted that you wouldn't at least want on the warriors in some way it's it's Zaire williams the only one he was the yeah, only like miss
2: one. yeah but that's the one but that
1: that's their only raw swing though everyone yep. else it's like what yep. santi aldama um I uh, mean, you talked about know, Bain.
2: talked about Jaron Jackson.
1: Yep. Yeah, they, these are all guys who are just kind of like, yeah, that they produced at every level. We're going to
3: bank on the fact that they'll at least produce to some level. So, Yeah, exactly. And the thing is, when you take those guys, you never know when one of those guys randomly just produces a lot more than what you expect. Because everybody associates upside with, uh, you know, the Kuminga, who's just r- running and jumpy. But um, in that draft, I was high on Franz Wagner. And, I mean, I didn't see him having a high upside. I just thought, all right, this guy's just going to be a solid NBA player. And then he just randomly comes in and is like a high-efficiency, 25-usage guy as a sophomore. So sometimes the good news about those players is just one thing goes right, and then they're all of a sudden, you know, either a borderline all-star. I mean, Tyrus Halliburton's another guy. Like Nobody really talked about him as a high upside guy. But now he's an all-star, and he's only, what, 22, 23 years old? Who knows how high his ceiling gets? Where are you at with Kaminga? Now. Um, I mean, he can be a guy. I was never really that high on him. Um, he just seems like he's too inconsistent, he's not skilled enough. But you know, he's still young. Uh, you know, Andrew Wiggins took forever, and then finally he was just randomly after what six, seven years, he just was a very solid finals player. So Kuminga can still be something, but maybe he's not, maybe it takes time. Um, uh, I- I'm not that high on him, but you can't rule him out. Now. It does feel
1: like Kuminga is. In his mind, he's gonna become Kawhi Leonard. Still, he's he's like gonna be that kind of guy. And like to your point, um, Andrew Wiggins accepted who he was and became a damn good player doing it that way. And like you, when if that fl- flips with Kuminga, he's like, I'm gonna be the Wiggins, Sean Marion type. Like he can be very effective at that. So we'll see.
3: Yeah, yeah. I mean, Kuminga definitely seems like a guy who's feeling himself when he does a few good things. But you know, who, who knows? Maybe humility comes with age.
2: Nice. Oh well. There's Jordan Poole. Actually, we, we should talk some JP. You, you you tweeted that you liked the CP3 and Pool trade. Um, a little bit different from Warriors fans. What made you What made oh, you like I that trade? So. He, he
1: he maybe doesn't have the uh, the Warrior fan built in bad trade. blood. You're what? not a Warriors fan yet. You don't you
2: don't hate. Oh stuff. yeah,
3: I'm a I'm a, I've always been a big CP3 fan. I know most, most people don't like him for you know the, just the way that he is, but he's such a high IQ player, and even at his old age. He's still like a very productive player. Like statistically, he was a solidly better player than Jordan Poole last year. And I think kind of the biggest issue at his age is he just can't play 30 minutes a game in the regular season and be healthy in the playoffs. And now put him on Golden State, play him like 20, 22 minutes a game or whatever behind Steph on the bench. He can handle that role. Play play more minutes when Steph needs to rest or Steph gets injured for a few games. He's the perfect backup pa- a point guard. And, you know, Jordan Poole wasn't really a good contract didn't mix that well with the first unit, even in the championship run. When Jordan Poole was playing well, he was making all those shots. Still, for the last three games of the finals, when the Warriors really took over that series, he was getting lower minutes off the bench because he's a lot better as running the bench unit than playing with Stephen Clay. So I just feel like Jordan Poole wasn't the best fit as more than just a bench guy. And if you're going to just play somebody 20 minutes a game, I'd rather have be Chris Paul even at this old age than Jordan Poole. And you, you don't have that long-term commitment. You clean up the books. You could take other risks with that uh, extra money. And you didn't give up that many draft picks. Like a top 20 productive first-rounder, not a big deal. Patrick Baldwin Jr., not a big deal. Ryan Rollins. Rollins still could be okay, but not a big deal.
1: I want to I go back to one draft question before we get you out of here. So when you are scouting prospects, I, I just kind of want to understand what, your general, what you're generally looking for at this level, because like the one thing that stands out for me is you're willing to go against the grain. You read everyone's mock drafts um, and they end up all reading the same. And it feels like there's a level of what I don't want to be the person who goes out on a, on a limb and has a hot take that this might not be the guy, but then reality says, you know, you look at the top 10, every draft four busts minimum, right? Like that's just reality. It's, it's hard. That's how it goes. So like, what are you looking for when you're looking at players in general?
3: Well, I mean, I just look at every angle possible. I try to just analyze as many angles and see how many angles look good, see how many angles don't look good. Um, I, I think you definitely want to focus on guys who don't have any fatal weaknesses, but most guys do. I mean, even Pods, I, as much as I love him, he could just not be athletic enough to create much offense. But, you know, I, I kind of just separate it into tools, skill, and feel. So, like, Pod's, he's 6'5" but he's still really strong and strength is a tool skill he can handle he can pass he can shoot he's got got the skill and the feel is off the charts so if you just think that like all right well the the physical might be kind of the undoing but it still isn't broken he still isn't that bad as he's because he's 6'5 and he's strong and he has some point guard skills so you know it just seems like the strengths could outweigh the weaknesses so It's kind of hard. You just kind of have to kind of guess and weigh everything together. And I just try to tune out what everybody else thinks and not try to make a hot take
2: or not try to not make a hot take. (laughs) and just try to, you know, see what's the bottom line. That that is what I noticed when reading your, uh, your, your, your draft work and then the one in years previous. You don't seem like you follow what kind of what everyone else has. I mean, you might have someone that's, you know, someone else has 15th, you know, kind of third on your ranking. Um, for example, and and I'll, you can get out of here on this one. You had this guy ranked 16th. Uh, do you remember? You wrote, his poor athleticism and speed make it fair to take his stats with a grain of salt. But based on the stats, he appears to have the shot of being the best passing big man of all time. That gives him a world of intrigue to me on its own. Do you remember who that is? That you ranked 16th and was drafted in the second round?
3: Yep, that was the uh, reigning finals MVP, Nikola <laughs> Jokic. So. Best player in the world. Yeah, and that's an example of just nobody thought he was an upside pick. And then he just randomly not only has upside, he's like one of the, I don't know, less not too crazy, say top 10 players in NBA history, probably he's going to be honest one of them. Yep. So that was another situation where um, he'll, just, he'll just wins. And that was a situation, past comps is pretty important for draft. So in Jokic's case, you could look at Brad Miller, Marcus All. Two similar bigs, they both slid in the draft, and both of them were like all-star caliber. So it's like, and they slip for being too slow. So he has the same strength, the same weakness he slides. Why can't he be a SEAL too? So, you know, and then he just turned out to be even better than both of them. Yeah. That's kind of something I can look for in pods, to be like, all right, well, I actually wasn't that high on Desmond Bain because Bain, I was like, all right, he just seems short arms, not that athletic, he's kind of old, but then he turned out to be really good. Then Austin Reeves, I was kind of on the fence. I wasn't sure. It's like, or maybe he's too slow. And then goes undrafted and turns out to be like a really solid guy. He might get a pretty big contract. Then pods could just be as good as those guys, or he could be a souped up version of those guys. So we'll see how it goes. We'll get you out
1: on that one. We'll get you out on one of your better hits right there. (laughs) Dean, appreciate you. Everyone should subscribe to Dean Substack. I'll drop it in the chat. Have a great evening, my man. All right. Thanks a lot
2: for having me, guys. Thanks, Dean. They got to get him in a front office. I don't even know. I don't know why he's providing this information for free right now. But I appreciate having him on. Gotta, know, gotta get, I, run, I just, run the I, Warriors. I, I, why is he?
1: Bob's gone. How do we know he he's not already consulting? <laughs> that for is how do we know it, inside job here? Right. I yeah. mean, I mean, he loves pods. The
2: Warriors love pods. <laughs> Pod, the Warriors had him top ten. So, like, who are we to say that he wasn't was wasn't wasn't working there? This week's Light Years podcast is brought to you by. Bird Dogs. Bird Dogs make you look good. Bird Dogs stretch khaki shorts are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg, giving you a truly sculpted look. Bird dog shorts do the exact same thing as Lululemon, but fit way better. They fit way better than regular shorts that are made of a stiff, restricting cotton. Bird Dogs fix this issue by inventing cloud knit fabric that looks just like khaki, but stretches so you can get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement.
1: I just got some pairs and let me tell you, little skeptical, tried them on a hundred
2: times better than I could have ever imagined. Just the, like, I will be wearing nothing else all summer. Unbelievable. Sam is Fendiari, Bird Dogs. So where can you get it? Go to birddogs.com slash pool and enter promo code pool, P-O-O-L for a free Yeti style tumbler with your order. That's birddogs.com slash pool, P-O-O-L. For free Yeti-style Tumblr, you won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you.
1: You know what? You know what, Andy? Got a few days till free agency mayhem. How you feeling?
2: <sighs> I'm actually feeling pretty good. So, uh, you know, I, I joking, not joking, talked about Chris Paul and, and the Warriors. I, I think I'm I'm in. I think Dean, Dean talked about him being a bench guy. I think for me, I think the reward of having Chris Paul on the team is it just outweighs the risk at this point. Can you imagine the Warriors success, having a successful season? Can you imagine them, like, making the NBA Finals? God forbid they win the NBA Finals with Chris Paul. You know what God I mean? Stab- yeah, you know what I mean? Like, and then, uh, and then with free agency coming up, I don't know. I think you bring another veteran uh, all-time player into the fold. If they want to recruit, it doesn't hurt to have Chris Paul on the team, right? So it feels like they've got another guy that they're going to have recruiting guys. Um, It always felt like LeBron has the pick of the litter, but I think anytime you now have Steph and CP3 on the same team recruiting, it it feels like to me they're going to get some good players. That's just what it feels like, and that's why I'm in a pretty good mood. No sources, just assume.
1: I Ah. agree, too. I agree, too. I feel good about their ability to be competitive with the vet minimum markets. The guys who are looking to go to winners, maybe take less money. They'll be in a good spot. Our guy, Jason Forster, throws up a lot of Draymond to sack rumors floating around right now. So, you know, we're kind of operating like Draymond's 100% going to be back. But theoretically, he could sign with another team. I know he says he's opting out, but he has not actually opted out. And he has until Thursday, I want to say, to actually opt out. Like, this is a formality thing. It doesn't really matter. Um, But he can opt out on Thursday. Where are you at? Do you think the back? is hey, back? He's back. He's back. He's back. You're not buying this. What are we he's- doing here? What are we doing? Here's my take. So our guy, Mark Spears, who you guys should also subscribe to him as well. Mark Stein. He- yeah. Mark Stein. I'm sorry. My bad. Too many. At this point, I have like, Every newsbreaker on notifications, and I've have uh, it, it's like that. It's like the Dark night meme where I'm like looking all like. It's, sorry, you guys are gonna have to excuse me. Sometimes I make mistakes. Marcus All, right. <laughs> Marcus um, Mark Mulder. Anyway, so he throws out here. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna share it real quick. He says, "My read is no. He doesn't think the Kings are actually interested," and. So my question for you is why do you think the Kings are coming up other than they have cap space right now? And and Mike Brown and, you know, it it seems kind of obvious and that sort of thing.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we saw this with Andre. You and I sat here like a week and a half, two weeks ago and said, this was going to happen. So it's not surprising now that it is actually happening. They got to find a sucker, rich Paul and Draymond. They got to find a sucker. They got to find someone that's willing to pay him $35 million. And it might be the Kings. But you and I talked about this yesterday, and I'm curious because if you're the Sacramento Kings and you've got De'Aaron Fox and you've got Keegan Murray and you've got Sabonis and you've got a couple other guys on your team and you look at the free agents on the market, would you rather pay $30 million to someone like Draymond Green, who, by the way, stomped on Sabonis' chest, you know, less than two months ago? Or would you pay someone like Kyle Kuzma, who I think, you know, as funny as it is to make fun of Kyle Kuzma, two-way wing? 20s, still in his mid 20s, mid to late 20s, in his prime. Bunch of good offense there. Now you've just upgraded your offense from number one to even better. Would you rather have Kyle Kuzma spend your money on that, or or a guy like Draymond Green, who who the hell knows how it's going to work in the locker room, right? So to me, that always felt like Rich Paul is just going out and just throwing names out there. He's just trying to see who's biting, right?
1: That's how it feels to me. To me, it feels like Draymond doesn't have a doesn't have a suitor. I'm not saying that can't change. But I think the Warriors have probably made Draymond a uh, fine offer, you know, um, a competitive offer. Let's assume a $20 million offer, that sort of thing. Uh, and, and Draymond's letting everyone know he wants 30, 35, whatever, whatever you know, something like that, right? Well, he's got to find someone who's actually willing to pay that to get Dunleavy, up, and the front office to actually go up there. And that's what I'm seeing right now because I don't actually believe there's a team out there. Who wants to give it to him? I don't think the Kings want to give it to him. I have a hard time imagining Vivek Ranadive signing off on that after he was begging Adam Silver to suspend him after he was, you know, on the phone saying, "I saved this team." You know, like I have a hard time seeing that. And and then to your point, from just a basketball perspective, Darren Fox is young, Keegan Murray is younger. Uh, someone like Kuzma, who's twenty seven, makes more sense for their like five year. You know, we're we're not just concerned about winning next year. We want to build something that has like a five, six year window. Then Draymond Green, who like let's he's thirty-three. He wants a three year deal. He wants to retire after this contract.
2: Who and he's, then who yeah. and then who has the cap space? Who has the cap space? The game. You, you threw Dallas, yeah, but you threw Dallas's name around a few weeks ago. They don't have cap, cap, cap space? space. Exactly. No. Do they? Does Portland? You know Portland loves them. Do they? No. So, uh, so uh, uh, it, 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 Ruby. who does it he's got a, all i'm saying is
1: that the man has to make a market appear and, and and you know what i don't blame the warriors for playing hardball with him after like J- draymond's gonna retire as one of my all-time favorite players i'll never really say anything negative about him because of that but the man has has yep. pulled some shit over the yep. years yep and <laughs> yep you know Prove prove that there's a team out there willing to give you 35. Jordan Paul it. Jordan Poole is not on this team because of him. You know what I mean? I, I would say not Kevin on it. Durant, Kevin Durant's on this team. I, I think <laughs> he was gone either way, but yeah, like I, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like right. it's it's one of those things where it's like, all right, you're 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 a guy, big fan of your game. You're essential to winning, and I will never downplay his contribution. But at a certain point, the market is what it is, you know. I'm not, I'm not gonna cry for I'm not gonna cry for you, Andy, when you don't get a raise because you're posting on social that you're out partying every night. I'm not gonna cry for Draymond that he doesn't he doesn't have a max offer because everyone's like, I'm afraid he's gonna punch my young guards, you know?
2: Yeah, no, so. it's he he's you know, and I and I also think one of the you know, the he gets the Steph tax. He gets the Steph wants Draymond here. You know what yeah. I mean? If it wasn't for Steph what does the market really look like? Yeah. yeah what it, what is is it because the Warriors are down? I, I think the Warriors will pay him 25 per right, like easy. If the Warriors will pay him 25 per three for 75. If Draymond wanted that that deal's done today, hell, that deal might already be done. We just can't anna- the Warriors just can't announce it till Friday, right? But it does right now. Draymond's doing the 195 fucking game. 100, like, I want a hundred. I want a hundred.
1: I'm worth a hundred. Oh, All right, there. dude. All right, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if he gets it, good. If he can, yeah. If he can get the Kings to throw him three one hundred, I will get on this pod and say, "Got a match? Well done. Well you done. got a match. You got yeah, a match. You you unless do. unless you are going to get Siakam or Bam Adebayo, you got to match that. You know, yep. like because you don't have an internal solution. Nope. But you got to get it. You know, show me I'm the a, show me <laughs> the it's just, so,
2: oh, sh- a, He's he's uh,
1: he's not Steph Curry. Where it's like, no no no. It's it's waiting for you. In a gold plated envelope on day one, you know. Right. So yep. that's,
2: that's the dream one conversation. I think that's that's, that's on. the dream one conversation. That's how it should be. Are you are you concerned they're gonna walk? No. He doesn't <laughs> want funny. to walk. He's out there recruiting veterans with Steph and Chris Paul. What
1: are we doing? It does feel like um
2: what are we doing?
1: <laughs> it does it does feel so much like the Andre Godala free agency thing where it's like he could leave. And everyone's like, eh, come on, man.
2: He's not leaving. He's,
1: not, yeah, he's he's gonna go find an offer and then he's gonna be like, Joe, will you match it? And then and then they're good to go. I don't and know. And then
2: Joe's gonna be like, okay, twist my arm. You know
1: what I mean? And it's like, okay, I'll give you I'll give you two more of your fun. Mm-hmm. You know, like that's that's that's, that's kind of what it comes down to right now. And and I'm okay with it. I'm okay with it. And <laughs> part of part of me's enjoying him twisting a little in the wind, like it, 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 you pull a lot of shit, man.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of where I'm at. <laughs> Pull up. Oh, Draymond, God. Oh. I yeah. mean, but look, it'll it'll all be worth it because Draymond did have a great regular season last season. And uh up and down in the postseason. But I mean, what are you what are you gonna do? You said it. What the hell are you gonna do? And a buddy texted me today asking about from Bag bros not my money. They don't save money. They don't save cap space.
1: No, it's 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 more of a like it's not a oh we let Draymond walk and we're gonna now sign Anthony Davis. Exactly. It's 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 more of a like all right if he's walking who can you get to replace him oh you can't get anyone then pay him you know like so and
2: and, and pool's gone so you've already chosen the guy that you wanted to keep so whatever offer they've got out there right now is is. I don't know. I, I I have a feeling that he'll get closer to 100. It feels like you think it's going to be closer to maybe the lower side of that. Maybe maybe in the... I'll, I'll throw...
1: My my prediction is 380. That's my prediction.
2: Well, I think it's 390, so we're not too far. Like I think it's 390. They'll market it as 300 because it's like 10 million in bullshit, right. bullshit guarantees, right? So loser, we're close. We're close. <laughs>
1: loser loser buys drinks next time we hang out. Okay. Yeah. Whoever's closer, th- Lightyear's goons, hang on to this. I'm saying 80. Draymond says... Sorry, Andy says ninety. Um, so Seven, we're we're gonna we're gonna call, call eighty five. Yeah, eighty five is the number. If it's over, you win. If it's under, I win. Yeah. Okay, let's
2: do it. This week's Light Years podcast brought to you by Game Time. Sam, I was in New York and I wanted to catch my first ever Yankee Stadium game. Went to it last second. The app that I used to buy the tickets was Game Time because buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. With killer deals on last minute tickets and the best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you will have. Forget planning months in advance. Game time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy. All the above. The game time guarantee means you will always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section or row for less, Game time will actually credit you 110% of the difference. Snag the tickets without distress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use Light Years, L Y G H T, Y E R S for $20 off your first purchase, terms apply, create an account and redeem code Lightyears for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed.
1: There's one other rumor. Uh oh well- there's one other thing we should talk about. So, you know, free agency. We've still got four more days. We're going to pot on Tuesday. going to do a, a live show I'm very excited about on Thursday. We're going to get some stuff going this week. It's going to be a big week for Warriors content. The Wolves signed Nas Reed to Uh-oh. a three-year, $42 million contract, which means the Wolves have Rudy Gobert, Carl Anthony Towns, and Nas Reed under contract at the same time. And there's been murmurings from the national newsbreakers, you know, the, the Wind Horses, um, the Zach Lowe's, uh, people who have names that matter and, and they're good at this stuff. They've said that the rumor is Carl Anthony Towns will be potentially moved this summer. So, my question for you, Andy Lou, is what are you willing to give up for Carl Anthony Towns on the Warriors?
2: So I would, have done the, uh, I would have done the expiring contract. I would have done the Jordan Poole contract, which they flipped to an expiring, which is Chris Paul. I would have done however many picks it needed. I would have done Kaminga. I would have done Moody. Whatever. I don't care. Um, I would have done all of that. But the problem now is that it seems like the Warriors want to keep Chris Paul. I mean, it's been reported. It's been said. They're acting like it. So I doubt they would go back on that. Um, because it would be it'd be disrespectful to an all-time great like Chris Paul. So that leaves you with the realistic option of it being Clay Thompson uh, as the expiring contract that they would have. Um, and no, I wouldn't do it. It, it takes Ooh. away it takes away one of your better um, two-way guys on the team. It takes away obviously Clay as a as a forever Warriors that I love, one of the best shooters in the NBA. And then also it it doesn't really it, it opens up a hole. Now you are you starting Steph and Chris Paul. <laughs> Starting yeah. Steph and Chris Wall, it's kind of nasty. Hey, da-
1: hey, Dante. hasn't Dante hasn't uh
2: hasn't hasn't know. signed anywhere yet. Yeah, he'll, he'll get 15, he'll get 18. Um, and then and then you, you too. And then you're playing to yeah, yeah, see, that's that's gross. And then you're playing Car Anthony Towns or Draymond. I think Draymond hates Carl Anthony Towns. So does he sock cat the first day of training camp like last season? I think it opens up more holes than you pay over because I, I think I'd do that trade if you still have your core and you're trying to incorporate uh, cat, like kind of what they did with Wiggins. I don't know if you want to play that game because now you're opening up another hole and saying, okay, cat, now you're gonna have to shoot like Clay. And uh, I just, I just he- don't think now there's a realistic path. No, he cannot stop. He is a great shooter. I think
1: I'd do it for Clay. I, I understand it's blasphemous, but I think I'd do it. I think he is. Here's my, here's my cat heart hot take. He is one of the five best offensive players in the NBA. Put that on the record right now. I think the only players I feel are comfortably more skilled than him on offense are Stephen Curry, Jokic, KD. Not the passer cat is to be honest, but yeah, KD, LeBron. I'll still still throw LeBron in there. That might be my list. Wow, oh, Luca. A lot of ball dominance. A lot of dribble, dribble, dribble. I mean, cats. I love cats. Literally, Kat. literally, one of the only guys to shoot over forty percent on eight plus threes a game. That's Steph Curry range. He's he's a big man who can shoot. I mean, it's the vec thing. Big like big like Clay. Shoot like Steph. No, <laughs> but like the dude is. And and I and I don't want to double down on this too much. But like, look at what Wiggins went from from Minnesota to the Warriors. Now imagine Cat from Minnesota to the Warriors.
2: I, think... I I love Cat. You're not you're not uh pushing me away from him, but man.
1: Steph and CP3. Mm-hmm. Play god. Play god. St- so Steph's... so now you
2: so you've got three guys that, that don't play defense in a playoff scenario. I mean I think Steph is good on defense, but you know what hey, I mean? Yeah, see C- C- CP plays defense. Yeah, but like it's two undersized guards, and then you've got cat.
1: Yeah. I think Come he's on. I think he's a special offensive talent. I'm intrigued by it, and
2: I why why won't you just get why don't you just get Chris Paul out of there? This is it's what I don't understand in that scenario: is why would Clay be the one leaving instead of Chris Paul? Why wouldn't you just use the CP3 expire?
1: Because I'm the number one CP3. <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, it, it's what, a what fair point. What, what the Warriors do it? What do, what do you think? How, how about that? How about that? Let's ask that question: Are the Warriors going to seriously look into it? Is Chris Paul Clay? Whatever. What, what, what are they going to be? The, are they going to seriously look into it? What do you think? Probably not. Really? Probably.
1: I I think the bigger issue for them is the picks. Like if you're saying it's just clay and Kuminga, they might do it. But if you're saying it's clay and four years of picks are like, ah, relax. I know I can count on cling in, in in the playoffs. I I don't know if I can count on foul trouble. Cat. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's a fair point. I don't know. I'm just I'm just thinking about it. I think these are names thrown against the wall. I think my, my bigger take with the Warriors is clay's expiring, CP3 is expiring. They own most of their picks. They're in a good position to see if they want to make a move for whoever comes available. I'm not saying they should, like m- maybe Cat is a pass, maybe, maybe he's a he's a big time pass. His contract is huge. I don't know if I want the back end of that in any capacity but they're in a situation where they can kind of like play both sides. Uh, and that's kind of, I feel like that's what they did by design. They're like, look, man, we we can't put the perfect team together in, in two months, but we can create optionality to do some stuff.
2: I, I think that's a question for trade deadline or next offseason, and not right now. That's what I think it is. I think if this CP three thing is a disaster, they move them at the trade deadline and okay. they keep that, they keep that slot or, they run it through to the postseason, and let's say they they win a championship, or they lose in the second round again, and they go, well, we'll just pick up Chris Paul's option and then trade it, right? Because they ha- he has a team option, right, for next year. It's not guaranteed, right? If mm-hmm. I read that correctly, yeah, yeah. So they can use thirty plus million dollars and, and trade that next season for um, Giannis Antetokounmpo. You know, what I mean? <laughs> you know what I mean. So mm-hmm. not Joel, not Joel, not Joel.
1: Anyone else? You're. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it's 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 interesting. Do you think the Warriors make a big splash this free agency, or do you think it's they already made their splash with CP3, and it's yeah. just going to be vet men's. I think it's done. I think that's it. I think you know, you know, you don't think the crazy like we're going to trade CP3 to the the Wolves, dude? I will,
2: <laughs> I will cry if I, I mean that is the best case scenario. I mean, I I think they chose. Here's the thing. I think they chose Chris Paul over Kristaps Porzingis, and Porzingis is some type of facsimile of Cat and the Warriors had the decision in front of him and didn't choose him, so... It's fair. It's fair, right? It, it just felt like they just said, we don't need a stretch. We need a backup point guard more than we need a a stretch big. Um, they might be wrong. They might be wrong, but, I, you know, they signed Utah Watanabe, and to me, that's a bigger splash than CP3. You know what I mean? Utah's <laughs> gonna come in, and he's gonna recruit Shohei for us, for my Giants. So... It's big spash. big splash. I already,
1: I already got my customized Shohei Dodger jersey. Relax, <laughs> dude. Fuck off. <laughs> uh, what do you I, think?
2: What do you think? What do you think? Before we get out, what do you think? You think? You think? Uh, you think they got anything left in the bag, or you think it's just hey, let's? I think, I think,
1: I think you c- betting the vet minimum route is always going to be more likely. Um, yeah, I'll leave it at that. And I will also say I don't have a feel for where is going next year. But I will cry if he stays with the angels. Uh, No chance. Yeah, I agree. I agree. No chance. All right, we're leaving here. Appreciate y'all. We've got a couple days.